This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. First Kings 19, we are going to begin today a brand new series called In My Feelings. I want to talk together about God's desire and God's heart for your emotional condition. And whether you realize this or not, God is concerned with your emotional state. Because how you're doing emotionally determines the decisions you will make. In fact, write down the subtitle of this series. I like the subtitle. It's making decisions off facts, not feelings. I want to convince you to get off the emotional roller coaster. I want to convince you to get out of your own head and to start to navigate your life off faith, off facts, off what is truth. Just a heads up, this is God's passion for your life. God is not in the business of making you a spiritual giant and leaving you to be an emotional toddler. We do not serve the God that God's like, as long as you quote scriptures and know Hillsong lyrics, you're good. No, no, no. He actually is concerned about every area of our life. In fact, watch this in 3 John. Watch what God says, his passion about the health of your entire life. It says this, beloved, put it up on the screen. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. In other words, what God's saying is, I want you to be prosperous and healthy in every area of your life. God wants you to prosper spiritually. He wants you to grow in your spiritual journey. This last week in Israel, I'm telling you, spiritually, I got insight. Spiritually, I got stronger. Spiritually, I got a greater revelation on who Jesus is. I'm spiritually, I got stronger. But God's not going, oh, spiritually, you're good. You don't have to worry about the rest. No, God wants me to prosper financially. You missed out on the last series, Say I Won't. You need to go back, listen to those podcasts, watch those YouTubes, and start to get some revelation on how God wants you to handle your finances. God wants you on a budget. God wants you to be a good steward of your money. So God cares about you spiritually. God cares about you financially. God cares about you physically. Come on, church. Leg day. Don't make me. I'll squat right now. That's as far as I go. That's as far as I go. It hurt. It burned a little. I'm going to be honest. That burned. That hurt. I'm going to pay for that later, but it's, it's for his glory. God cares about you physically. Why? Why does God want you to be rested and exercise and eat well? Because your body is his temple. God lives in you. You're the temple of God. The temple of the Holy Spirit is your body. So God wants you to be well and right physically. He wants you to be right spiritually, financially, physically, and emotionally. And a lot of us can't navigate our life because emotionally we're out of control. We give into our emotions. We are feelers. We're sensors. We get all up in our head and all up in our emotions. And so we don't know how to navigate life. I love this verse, Psalm 64. Watch what it says in Psalm 64. This is most of us. Listen and help, O oh God. Why? I'm reduced to a whine and a whimper, obsessed with feelings of doomsday. I'm obsessed with my emotions, and I'm 
thinking and creating narratives and I'm emotional and so I outburst and I feel and I think and I text and I, eh. It's all off emotions. Does that bless you? It's all off emotions. It's all off feelings. It's all off, and God's saying, no, no, no. You cannot navigate your life off feelings. You've got to navigate your life off facts. Now, just a heads up, God does not want to strip you of emotions because you are made like God and God has emotions. All throughout the scriptures, God reveals himself with emotions. In the Bible, God has anger. In the Bible, God has jealousy. He has grief. He has compassion. He has joy. He has rejoicing. But the difference between God's emotions and our emotions is that God's emotions don't lead him to impure actions. Our emotions lead us to those actions. So just because God feels something doesn't mean he acts on that thing. We feel stuff, we feel anger, we feel grief, we feel these things, and we do stupid things that destroy our future. God wants to get you to be emotionally healthy so you can say, even though I feel this, I don't have to act on it. Even though I feel this, I don't have to really believe it's truth. In fact, I just want to give you a few things as we enter into this series that I want you to write, just to tee up the series. Write down number one, feelings come and feelings go. That is just the reality of your feelings. Feelings have a propensity to come and then they go. So one day I feel one way, I'm upset, I'm offended, I feel, I'm in my feelings, I'm a feeler. I have a drink of water, I get a good night rest. The next day I'm like, I don't feel that, I like them, they're awesome. I changed my mind. Wait, hold on, yesterday you was talking a fool, you was, you said you were gonna, you, yeah, I changed my mind. Well, what happened? I just, I had some water. Water did that too? Yeah, but sleep too. So you got to get out your feelings, otherwise you just start to just be overwhelmed, and you got to realize that I feel this way, but I'm not. It's not going to stay. I feel it's time is going to heal this thing. Time is going to pass. Feelings come. The only reality of your feelings is that they're coming and going. They're coming and going. I can't govern my life off feelings because it's not facts. Or like what the Bible says, it says the grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord will last forever. So I'm not building my life off what is temporary. I'm building my life on what is everlasting. So don't make a decision out of emotion or feeling. It's not going to last. Feelings come and feelings go Here's the second thing I want you to understand is there is sensibility with sobriety. Some of us get so emotionally drunk and emotionally hungover and emotionally disastrous. We say and spit fire and this and feeling. You need some sobriety to bring sensibility. Why does the Bible say not to get drunk? Because we lose our sensibility. And some of us are drunk emotionally and getting high emotionally and we're in it, we're spooled and we're spun out and, and we, we're outbursts and this, and you can't, you need to calm down. Simmer. You need to chill. Because when I am emotional, I cannot make decisions. 
One of my favorite stories in the Bible is a, is a guy named Esau. And Esau, his father, he's going to get everything from his dad, Jacob. And J Jacob's going to bless him big time. He's got a massive inheritance. And so uh, uh, Esau's really emotional, and he's hungry. And when you're hangry, you can make very emotional decisions. And so all of us have ended up at the worst food place because we're emotional. We just need to eat. Esau's there. And so Esau's at a one star, and he's like, he's like, I don't know who I'm preaching to right now, but I felt like somebody need to hear it. <laughs> Esau is like, I need this bowl of soup so bad right now. I don't care about my legacy. I'm going to make a decision out of emotion in the temporary. When you're emotional, you will always be short-sighted and see what's in front of you. You cannot see long-term and the legacy decision. You got to get out of your emotions. Stop making decisions off feelings. Start making decisions off facts. That's what I'm here to convince you of in the next four weeks, and we're going to journey together. Now, I say all that to, to say and get us to today's reading. We're going to read together out of 1 Kings about a man named Elijah. Now, just to tee up and let you know who Elijah is, Elijah is a spiritual giant. Elijah is a bad dude spiritually. In fact, Elijah has just defeated all these hundreds of false prophets. He hasn't just defeated them. He has humiliated them. He has talked so much trash. He says to these guys, hey, guys, where's your God at? Oh, he's on the toilet. Oh, he's taking a nap. He's just talked trash and cast down all these false prophets. He's just one, and we see him in the next minute, the next minute, a totally different person. Because when he wins this, the lady that's running the area is a lady named Jezebel. And Jezebel sends a group text out. You don't have to reply. Group text. Jeze Jezebel group because I thought it was kind of funny. I'm just going to be honest. In my head it was funny. So Je Jezebel sends a group text out and says, I'm going to kill Elijah. Now Elijah, the spiritual giant, catches word of that and he runs and hides in a cave afraid. Watch what God says to Elijah in his emotional condition. It says, and there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I like God. God doesn't come up to Elijah and go, Elijah, you mighty man that tears down the false prophets, you spiritual warrior, you're my guy. God comes to Elijah and he's like, Elijah, What are you doing here? Because emotional people always get, them, get themselves into places that they never thought they'd be. What am I doing here? What am I doing in this relationship? What am I doing in this house? What am I? Sometimes you need God to come and ask you, what are you doing here? Elijah's, he's still emotional. So he's like, no, you don't understand God. Jezebel's the worst. Verse 10. So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone. It's amazing. Emotional people always think they're all by themselves. Everybody's against me. Nobody understands. Nobody yet. I alone. 
Elijah is so emotional right now. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Then after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Two times God had to get into Elijah's space and say, son, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're not called to hide in caves by yourself. You're called to be a, a, a brave soldier. You're called to be a leader. You're called to be a chosen vessel. You've got a future. Why are you hiding in a cave? Why are you being so driven by your emotions? Why are you making decisions off feelings? These are not the facts. You may feel this way, Elijah, but the facts are I'm for you. I'm with you. Who can be against you? Come on, is there anybody thankful today? I don't have to make decisions based off my feelings. I can make decisions based off, based off the facts. When you and I get hiding in caves, when you and I get into isolation, it's usually because we're spooled in emotions. We've been listening to the lies of loneliness. Write down the title of today's message. I want to preach today a message about the lies of loneliness because I believe if you'll give in to your emotions and you'll listen to the lie or the serpent, you will get so emotionally spooled that you'll find yourself in a cave by yourself all alone and it is there that you will be susceptible to your worst decisions. It is while you are alone and in isolation that you will make the dumbest decisions of your life. You're not called to hide out. You're not called to be in the cave. You're not called to be all alone. You're called to community. You're called to connectivity. You're called to relationship. You're called to be a leader. Come on, anybody thankful today? I don't have to give in to my emotions. I can give in to the facts. God is for me. And anytime you give in to your emotions, you start being led and driven by your emotions and your feelings, you will always find loneliness. The loneliest people are the most emotional people, and they start to get victimized. They start to go, it's their fault, it's them, it's so on, and I've got to be, why, why are you in the cave? And you hear me, it's Jezebel. It's not Jezebel, it's you, bro. You're emotional, and you need to simmer. You need a glass of water and a good night's sleep, and you need to go back. I didn't call you to hide in a cave. I called you to be a leader. I want to get you off the roller coaster of emotions and into the truth of who God says you are. Don't you listen to the liar. The bully, the serpent tells you, you listen to him, you're going to be afraid for your life and all alone. You get God's word in you, and all of a sudden, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Don't listen to the lies of loneliness. Amen? Come on, let's bow our heads and let's pray together today. Jesus, we thank you that you're awesome and amazing. You are for us and not against us. We decide together today to listen to your word. God, we ask by the power of your spirit that you'll open up our eyes so we can see you and open up our ears so we can hear you. Do the unique, profound God thing that happens when your word goes forward and your word is preached. We vow and declare to get off the emotional roller coaster and become emotionally healthy. We thank you for it. And God, we thank you that the Lakers will not listen to the lies of loneliness, that you're sending more free agents to the city of Los Angeles. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together. Come on, let's clap and thank God. Angelinos, come on, Laker fans. Let's get some faith. We, get, we need one more. We need one more. Somebody say amen. 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 
Um, it's kind of fun. Yesterday, uh, we took the boys, Julie and I, we took the boys to the Dodger game. Any Dodger fans in the house? <laughs> Ten people. <laughs> people from Iowa are not Dodger fans. Anyway, so, so we went to the Dodger game yesterday. It was so much fun. As a guy in our church, Clayton, he gave us, uh, he's got season tickets, and so he gave us the tickets, and we went. Now, I was so excited. Take my boys to the ballpark, Dodger dog with my boys. Like, I was thrilled, right? So we get there. We, we, it takes us an hour and a half to get to the ballpark, an hour to get to our parking space. It's fantastic. I'm fine. It's fun. And so we get to the, we get to the Dodger Stadium, and, and it, it was amazing. And when we got there, um, our boys had fallen asleep on the drive over from the house to the stadium. And any parent knows when you wake up a kid from their nap, it's kind of 50-50 who's waking up. You just never know what you're going to get. Like you, if they wake up happy, you're like, okay, good. Yes. Yes. This is encouraging. Yes. Yes. Hi. Okay. But that's usually not going to happen. So my five-year-old, he woke up grumpy. He woke up in a bad mood. He's kind of whining. He's like all the way walking in the park. He's like, I don't want to go to the game. I don't like this. I don't want to watch baseball. And then I'm just like, okay, you're fine. And so we get, we get down the game. We get to our seats. It's amazing. But it's like the sun is pummeling us. Like the sun is on top of us. So we're sitting there. We got great seats. The sun's on us. But my five-year-old is just completely playing the whole time. He's like, I want to go home. It's too sunny. I want a lemonade. Where's the cotton candy? I don't want a hot dog. Have you ever wanted to sell your kids? He's <laughs> like, sell them. Like, this kid's for sale. I'll take any takers right now. Any amount. You choose the amount. You just choose the amount. Like, uh, but, but it's faith night. I didn't realize we were going on faith night. So while we're walking in, all these people were like, Pastor Chad, you're here, faith night. And I'm like, yes, for faith night. So I was like, I got to be careful because I know there's a bunch of Christians in the house. You know, I'm not trying to be a good parent in this house. You know what I mean? So I'm, so I'm just like, son, you're a slugger for Christ. You know, I'm just, I'm just trying to talk him up. Well, we ain't there about five minutes, five minutes into the game. And all of a sudden, I look, and we're sitting along the first baseline. I see a ball just beaming for us. It takes one hop on the ground, bounces up, and is coming straight at us. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I grab Winston, and I, I kind of look out with him, and I didn't realize Julia, I forgot. Julia was sitting right here. <laughs> I forgot it. So, Julia, so, so all of a sudden, this thing just nails Julia in the shoulder, which thank God because Clive was standing up in her lap on the ground, and it hit her here. He was right here. So it missed Clivey by like an inch. All of a sudden, like it happened so fast, I was just like, are you, are you, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm so sorry. All the paramedics come down, and it's like a scene. It's like a full-on scene. I'm just like, Julie, are you okay? Oh, my gosh. And I wanted to look at my five-year-old. I'm like, it is your, you emotional little kid. It is your, it, I didn't say it, but I was thinking it, you know. It's just like, you emotional. I, I could have caught it, you know. <laughs> I was distracted with the emotional kid. But I was just, just thinking, you know, it's amazing. When, when you're dealing with emotions, it distracts you from living the life you're called to live. When you're emotionally spooled and into emotions, you can't really do what you're supposed to do. You can't move forward in the calling that God has because you got to be distracted and spend time on stuff you don't need spending time on. I'm going to talk today about the lies of loneliness because some of us, you're stuck in a cave today and you're in a place you shouldn't be and God's called you to actually live a different life and it's only getting off the emotional roller coaster that will allow you to get out of this space and into a better one. 
Elijah wasn't supposed to be in the cave. He's supposed to be standing up for God. Elijah's not supposed to be alone. He's supposed to be in community. I'll give you a few lies that the enemy gives us. Lies of loneliness that all of us fall victim to. Write down number one today. No one cares. It's the first lie of loneliness. That I can be in the cave and I can just take my ball and go home and pout because doesn't, nobody even cares. Like no one cares about me. No one cares about my future. It's just me against the world. It's just me. I'm sorting myself in Los Angeles. Nobody cares. I want to tell you everybody cares. There are more people for you than against you. If you need a list of people that cares, your family cares. Your friends care. Your church cares. Your connect group cares. God cares. you got more people that care for you that don't care for you. And the lie of loneliness is go, I can get lonely because it's not a big, nobody cares. No, I'm here to convince you, you are cared about, you are thought about, you are prayed, prayed for, you're covered in prayer, you are loved, you're cherished, you are valued, you are of importance, you matter to God, you matter to us. It's not just that nobody cares, it's just that everybody cares. And the lie of loneliness is to get you all by yourself to go, you know what, you're alone right now and nobody's even watching, nobody cares, you're on nobody's radar, you're on more people's radar than you realize. You have more influence than you ever imagined. Your life has a ripple effect that if you saw it, you wouldn't even believe it. You have so much influence, you have so much power, you have such a say, you have such a voice, you are so powerful and it's not because you're so great, it's just that God is so great, he made you that way. The lie of the enemy is to get you to believe, no, nobody cares. Nobody cares about me. So, of course, I could be in a cave and I could hide because I'm all alone. What a lie. In that cave with you, you know who's there? Your friends, your family, your coworkers, your connect group. They're all in the cave with you. You want to know who's with you the most? God. Watch God's promise here in Hebrews. Hebrews, this is what God says. He says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I'm never going to leave you. So you can hide and you get emotional and you can make bad decisions, but just because you're not in a good place doesn't mean I'm in a bad place. Just because you don't feel like serving me doesn't mean I don't feel like serving you. I'm a faithful God. And no matter which way you turn, no matter which crooked way you want to go, I'm a faithful God and I care about you. You know who cares? God cares. God cares about your future. God cares about your right now. God cares about this season and the next season. God cares. And God's so loving, he sends people in your life that care just the same. Your connect group cares. Your church cares. Your family cares. You are thought about. You are prayed for. You are cared about. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy. It's like, I'm in a cave and nobody cares. That's a victim mentality. But when you understand that you are cared about, it's identity. It's self-worth. It's self-respect. It's not thinking too highly of yourself, but it's not thinking too lowly of yourself. I am who I am by the grace of God. God loved me enough to put relationship in my life. So I know I'm cared about. Come on, somebody thank God right now. At least that I know. I don't care how much money I have, how much stuff I have, but one thing I know, I'm loved. Usually caves are just the result of going, nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'll just go root for the clippers. <laughs> Don't you do it. Don't you do it. <laughs> Write down number two, because here's the, the next lie that goes with it. Is no, one, no one misses me and they don't notice my absence. 
It's a lie of loneliness. Nobody, nobody, I can be in the cave because nobody misses me. And they're, they're probably glad I'm here. And they don't even notice that I'm, I'm absent. No, 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 no. We notice your absence. Leaving parties, with my wife and I, a lot of our, our ride homes consist of the same conversation. Hey, what, did you see so-and-so? Hey, where was so-and-so? Hey, did you, I didn't, church is a collection of going like, hey, what happened to so-and-so? You ever notice that in church? Like, but it's not like the first week. It's like three or six months later. Hey, what happened to so-and-so? Your absence is noticed. Because you know what? We're better with you than without you. And when you get in your emotional condition, and when you start creating false narratives, you'll start to go, I can hide in the cave because they don't even care. I can be absent and they won't even notice. I'm telling you right now, your, fa your family and your friends and your church, we notice when you're gone. We notice when you're not there because you add value. You add positivity. You add energy. You add faith. And we're 10 times better with you than we ever could be without you. But when you're emotional, you're just like, nobody notices. I'll, we were in Miami for a VU conference. It was about the second day, and I, and I turned to Pastor Rich. I said, hey, where's, um, where's one of our past friends? I go, where's so-and-so? He's not here. We've got all of our friends here. Where's so-and-so? And he's like, no, he, 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 didn't, he didn't come. And I was like, well, why? He's like, I don't know. So I got on my phone to text. And my value is I'm never going to be passive-aggressive. I'll just be aggressive. <laughs> Amen. So I don't, I don't want you to have to guess. I want to be straightforward in Jesus' name. This is what I think. And so I just started telling them, this is exactly what I think. Why aren't you here? We love you. We need you. We want you. We're not the same without you. You should be here right now. You're one of our best friends. Do you realize who you are in this world? And I start telling them, he got on a plane. He flew down. Why? Because in his head, he's probably thinking, they don't care. They don't notice. I'm not that big of a deal. What am I telling him? You are a big deal. You are valuable here. You are cherished. You're important. Come on, anybody want to be that friend to reach out to some folks and say, come on, don't hide in that cave. We need you here. But the lie of loneliness is going like, yeah, it's fine. You guys party without me. And, and, then, and then this is, emotionally in, unstable people always do this, like, did, did they ask about me? <laughs> Just tell them, no, even if they did. <laughs> I'm kidding. Did they, did, they, did, they, did they miss me? Did they, the answer to that is always yes. Right. Who are you kidding? As if everybody was like, you know who I'm really thankful is not here? That we're better with you. And the lie of loneliness is to get you to believe nobody even notices. We're better without you. Your absence is it's unimportant. It's amazing. When I was in Israel, I got to finally meet and our church prayed for and stood with and really rallied alongside of Kayla. Kayla is a pastor in Chino Hills and um, her and her three boys. About six months ago or so, her husband committed suicide, senior pastor of a great church over in uh, Chino Hills area, committed suicide. And I stood up that Sunday, and Zoe, we rallied around that family. And finally, in Israel, of all places, I got to meet her. And I was so amazed. I was emotional meeting her, just thinking of her faith and her perseverance and just thinking about her new life that she's living in, who she is, just blown away. What a remarkable human and what, what resilience. And I was thinking about her boys and what they've gone through and this husband that took his own life. And I'll tell you, in his absence, there's a void. You know who's missing their dad? Those kids. 
When you get emotional and you get into a bad place mentally, you start going, no one will care. My actions don't matter. No one will miss me. Not everybody's going to miss you. You're more important than you realize. You don't give yourself enough credit. God has stamped you with his approval, and he has put so much gifting and grace inside of you. It's not just your natural ability. you got supernatural ability. Amen to that. Write down number three. Here's the third lie of loneliness is that what I do does not matter. What I do does not matter. There's no consequence. It's not a big deal because it's just me. For, what did Elijah say? For I alone am left. That's emotional people. It's me by myself on isolation island. It's me against the world, so my actions don't affect anybody. No, 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 no. What you do matters. What you do holds weight. Your decisions are impacting more people than you could ever count. What you do actually matters. And you got to get some self-identity and get some sensibility with some sobriety and let those bad feelings go so you can get sober and go, wait a second, I can't act like this or talk like this or hide in a cave because my life matters. My words matters. My, my, my time matters. My energy matters. My money matters. Come on, thank God right now. If you're willing to put some identity on yourself and say, I actually matter in this thing. Don't you listen to the lie of the devil that's like, oh, hide. Nobody cares. Nobody's watching. Nobody's there. No, 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 no. Your family, your friends, your connect group, your church, your ZST. What you do matters. In fact, I want to tell you, if you're part of Zoe, what you do matters. At Zoe, we always say here at Zoe, you are known and you are needed. You're not just another face in the crowd. You're not just another person that comes to church. We know you and we need you. We say, well, what does it even look like? Know you is connect groups. Why do we push connect groups every week? Because we want you to get known. Don't just come to a building. Don't just come to a service. Don't just walk in and walk out. Get connected and know somebody. You are known if you're in a connect group because now you get into a small group and you're like, wait, I know Joe and I know Jill and I know Gamby and I know Jasmine and I know Ted and I know this guy. And now I know people. You're known and needed. What's needed? ZST. Find a team to serve on. Find an area to serve with. Get some passion about the house of God. You'll be known and you'll be needed and what you do will matter even more. But a lot of times... When you're emotional and you have, you're dealing with all kinds of emotions, you're like, just give me a cave season. Like, you'd be like, well, what? A, a, a cave season? Yeah, I just need my cave. You need your cave? Yeah, just working through things. Oh. God's like, what are you doing here? Elijah, Elijah has no reply. Like, there's no text where he, after that he's like, first time he's like, I alone. And God's like, no, you didn't hear me. What are you doing here? What are you doing in your isolation? What are you doing in your self-pity? What are you doing being driven and led by your emotions? We don't live off emotions. We live off facts. Here's the fourth lie. Write this down. I hope this is encouraging somebody. They're the reason why I'm lonely. It's their fault, you know. I wouldn't be so alone in my cave if 
They just invite me. It's because I didn't get tagged in the photo. It's because I didn't, you know, it's their fault. It's them. It's those guys. They, they're, I'm lonely because of Jezebel. It's her fault. No, it's not. It's never their fault. It's always your fault. This is a biblical principle in the Bible. Watch what the Bible says about loneliness and friendship. Watch what it says in Proverbs. Put it up on the screen. I love this verse. A man who has friends must he himself first be friendly. So friendship starts with you. Isolation starts with you. And friendship starts with you. So if I were you, I'd just be like, 4th of July, what are you all doing? Let's have some fun. Come on, what, what do you got going for Labor Day weekend? Super Bowl party. Anybody want to go come to my house or I'll go to your house? What do you want? And if you don't get a text back, you just say, I didn't even want to go in the first place. And you go to these guys. <laughs> what are y'all doing for Thanksgiving? But friendship starts with you. Meaningful relationships start with you. Community starts with you. And so does isolation. Don't give people so much control over the narrative of your life. Don't give people that much power over your future. They don't control your relationships. They don't control your community. There's people that want to be your friend. There's people that want you around. There's people that want you at the connect group. Find those. Don't go to places you're tolerated. Only go to places you're celebrated. And get around some people that are like, we're so glad you're not in the cave anymore. We hated when you were in the cave. Come on, thanks for being a part. You're going to get around some people that love you, but the only way to do it is by you taking the first step. You making that first text. You going to the app and going, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to this connect group this week. I'm going to see if I can connect with these people. I'm going to sign up for growth track. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to find a team that fits my gift. I'm going to start serving because I need to be known and needed. Loneliness is not on Jezebel. Loneliness is not on your enemies. You can't live, sit at home in your cave and go, like, I got enemies. I got a lot of enemies. Got a lot of people trying to drain me of my church indeed. Like, what? Church indeed? Like, what? White guys want to be black. Anyways. You got to just go, you know what? It starts with me. It starts with me. So I'm going to do everything within my power to just, hey, you guys want to hang? You guys want to get a coffee? Want to get a meal? Loneliness is not their fault. Isolation is always an internal work. It's always listening to the lies of loneliness. Here's the fifth thing. Last thing to write down. Worship team, you can come join me. I love this. I don't deserve true love. This is the lie of loneliness. I don't, you know why I'm in the cave? You want to know why I'm by myself? It's because I don't deserve to be loved. I don't deserve friendship. I have made so many awful decisions and done so many dark, twisted things. I am such a bad person. I deserve to be alone. I deserve to be by my, in, and some of us, you put yourself into social timeout. Just give me a season of cave, you know, because I got to, I've done some bad stuff. Welcome to the club. Oh, your bad stuff is more bad than another person? No, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So if you think you got mistakes, look around the room. We all got mistakes. And if you go, well, I'm not deserving of love. Nobody's deserving of love. 
We didn't deserve relationship. We didn't earn grace. It is by the cross. It is by the blood. It is by the lamb. It is by the sacrifice. It is by the love of Jesus Christ. We didn't deserve this. We didn't earn it. He showed up in our worst moment and brought us out of the cave, set my feet upon the rock, put a new song in my mouth. Many will see and fear. It's only by the grace of God. So if you're here and you're like, I, I, I don't deserve true love. Yeah, let's get over ourselves. None of us deserve true love. But by the grace of God, God showed up and said, what are you doing here? I love you too much. I've got a calling in the future. I've got an anointing on your life. I've got a plan for your life. Get out of the cave and go back to what I called you to do. Stop pouting. Stop living in self, such self-hate, such self-doubt. Some of us, your biggest enemy is you. Like, who's the hater of you? You are. You don't even have a critic that hates you more than you. And the live loneliness going, I deserve it. I know I deserve I'm the, I'm just cave, cave me. Cave, I'm bad. Cave me. God's going, wait, what? No, I sent my son to set the captives free. I sent my son so that anyone with oppression could receive freedom. I sent my son. This is good news to anybody that is bankrupt emotionally. I come to heal the brokenhearted. You might be here broken. You might be here in a mess. But I'm telling you by the gospel of Jesus Christ, he's come to touch that broken part. He's come to get you out of the cave and set your feet on a solid ground. I wish you'd give him a praise and an ovation that thanks our God. Don't listen to the lie of loneliness. Don't listen to the serpent and the devil. I'm standing on the facts of who God says I am. I am. I'm loved. I'm called. I'm chosen. I'm anointed. God is for me. Who can be against me? Give him a praise today.